millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, kids. Things are a little hectic over here right now. So today, instead of our Melting Stones recap, we're bringing you the secret chat conversation that Indy and I had way back before we started reading this book all together. There will be some swearing. Enjoy. Hello. Welcome to the secret chat. I'm Molly. (laughs) I'm Indy. And you have just finished reading Melting Stones. Quite literally about five minutes ago. (laughs) Excellent. Goodwin and Brittany are not here because we have not recorded chapter one yet. So they have maybe read the first chapter. So we're just going to chat about the book. I will admit I like the last one of these we did was the one where I was like, let's go. I'm so excited because this is one of my favorite books ever. Yeah. Uh, So I'm going to be a little more subdued in this one. So, Indy, Melting Stones, thoughts? Okay. Well, let's start (laughs) from the beginning. I'm not going to lie to you. It was so hard to get into this book. (laughs) To explain why, I'm not a huge fan of stories told in first person. I've discovered recently that I'm not either. Some stories are best told that way. Mm-hmm. And I like the stories that are best told that way, but I'm not a huge first person kind of person. Right. And so it was so hard. I read the first <laughs> chapter like four times. It wasn't until we were like, we're recording on this day that I was like, okay, I've got to. I gotta get started. (laughs) And then about chapter three or chapter four, it picked up in a way that I stayed entertained for the majority of the rest of the book. There were spots that kind of slogged, but I mean, overall, like, definitely not my favorite of the series, but definitely not the worst of the series interesting so i haven't read it super recently so um because i've gone back and read like maybe the first chapter or two but i haven't really gotten into the book it's interesting to hear you talk about 
it being hard to get into and it is a different format with it being in first person and it has like chapter titles it's weird it's it's different it's very it's very different from her others in the series but it was also released on audio first and I have never actually read it I have only ever listened to it so I have it on audio and I don't actually own it in paper yet and uh and so I, I'd be interested to hear what you think of the audio. It's possible I've actually read this one even more than Will of the Empress, just because sometimes I need a good audiobook to listen to. Mm-hmm. And for a while, I had about three audiobooks, and this was one of them. So I listened to it a lot. I did not have a first-person problem, but I, I think that could very well be because I listened to it on audio, and so I'm literally hearing Nevi, Evie narrate it. Because uh, okay. I, I was reading a different book recently that was in first person. I was like, oh, this is why I don't like first person narration. <laughs> so I I think at some level I kind of grew up with a close third though. And I really yeah. love a close third. Like yeah. Main source of, of what I read was written in that closed right. third. I'm old. I don't want to change. <laughs> But really, like, I was talking to a buddy of mine. I was like, I've got to get started on this stupid thing. (laughs) I've got to do it. Because I was hanging out with a few friends this weekend. And he's like, but you like Pierce's writing. You know what's a good story. You know the characters. And I'm like, I do. All three of those things are absolutely true. But it's told to the first person. And he's like, yeah... (laughs) Once I got into it, it Mm -hmm. seemed to go by super quick. There were spots that definitely, it definitely felt like a struggle to get through. But I think that might also be because as relatable as Evie can be at times, we don't have that bond that we do with the other. Like, so if there were, if any of the other four stories were told through first person right i think i would have had an easier time getting through it if that makes sense right because we do have a strong relationship with them and we don't have that same like rapport with evie right and so yeah yeah i do have to say though i want to see this book but like Thomas's book from from magic steps who has no lines because he's so damn shy i want his book please we've had evie's book now can we have Thomas's book (laughs) i'll also take like pasco's and nia and jory's and cats like those are all great too but yeah like my favorite of the students is the one who like isn't really there One of the things that I do like about Melting Stones is that it feels a little bit like a return to the roots of the series. Yes. Because three of those first four books are about natural disasters. And then we get this like murder mysteries and all this political intrigue. And it gets like, I don't know, Melting Stones just feels so much lighter. Yeah. And then it, it's also, again, about a natural disaster. Yeah. So it's, it's like a palate cleanser. Yeah. Makes me excited for the next one. <laughs> okay, next thing on my list to talk about is Ludo. 
listen <laughs> i called it you did Florida. you did <laughs> which is why i just cackled hysterically every time you said that listen it, that's that's a smaller version of ludo <laughs> yes that's essentially what he is he's a smaller less hairy version of ludo <laughs> who speaks very eloquently yes yeah in the audio he has this like very deep it's like a the person who plays him has this like lovely baritone and they might use a bit of an echo on him or something so he's just, he sounds very mountainous which is great that's fun oh i i i'll listen to the audiobook at some point yeah that might go a little easier <laughs> i don't remember if i cut this out of the final episode but the last chat that we had with Tortala Knights when we talked about when you mentioned every time you hear Luvo you think of Ludo from Labyrinth and one of them was like well yeah Ludo but a small purple teddy bear rock <laughs> so yes we have all been like yes yes actually he is he is essentially Ludo and it's a delight. I like that he calls her Evu Maymay. Yes. He calls her by her full name at all times. I'm curious to know if you caught my catchphrase that I use all the time. Mostly because I, I say this all the time. And it's a line from Melting Stones. And I've been waiting to see if any of you guys are going to go, wait a minute, doesn't Molly say that when you read it? Remind me what it is. If spake your head hurt, they're probably bad for your teeth too. Yes. I actually highlighted that because I was like, that sounds real familiar. Why does that sound real familiar? But it's, it is one of those things that is highlighted in my book as I was reading along there are several things in there i'm like i've got highlighted that i'm just like this sounds familiar this this sounds familiar yeah i i remember i think it was in briar's book there's frost pine says something about like a failure on your part does not constitute an emergency on my part or something like that yeah and someone was like indy says that yeah I'm very excited to see if anybody goes, wait a minute. Paul yeah. says that. When yeah. when I read it, like, uh, then again, I read it at work. And yeah. I was kind of like, not necessarily speed reading, but like reading like a chapter and a half and then doing a thing and then reading a chapter and a half and doing things. Unlike Bull of the Empress, I didn't read it in nine hours straight. <laughs> I read it in probably about eight hours over the period of three days. So this one's a little bit different even in just how it was read. Right. For sure. When we were talking during the predictions about um, what Disney movie or what movies this is, we came up with like CSI and Muppet Treasure Island and Mulan and I was like there's another Disney movie that I thought you guys were gonna call and nobody did 
Moana. Yeah. <laughs> like I got about halfway through it, my brain's just like <laughs> return. <them. laughs> right, right. Um so I very much did not want to say volcano in the three words, especially yeah. because Goodwin has been talking about volcanoes since season three. Yeah. So I didn't want to give it away and just I want him to be excited when he goes it's a volcano and he finally gets his volcano yeah. so I had to think for long and hard about what three words I was going to use for this and then I finally came up with was island destruction investigation and I came up with those three words and I went that's the plot of Moana in three words yeah <laughs> that's literally what she's doing and then nobody said Moana and I was like, well, I can't say Moana because that's going to give away the volcano. <laughs> Any favorite new characters? Oswin. Aww. I like me a good solid dad character. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. I like me a good solid dad. <laughs> we got, we got Tarad. We got, uh, I already forgot his name from the Will of the Empress. I'm about to say Antino, and that's Keth's cousin in Shadowglass. Uh, We've got him too. We've got Colin Matazzi. Yeah. We've got Ambrose. Ambrose, Ambrose. is his name. I was like, God, it's <laughs> on the tip of my tongue. Yeah. Oswin. Yeah. I like be a good solid dad. I do have to say, like, as much as it takes a while for like parents aside from Lark and Rose learn to show up in this series, once they do... They're solid. They're so wonderful. As a writer, I actually have to think about, like, one of the things that I've said to people before is, like, all of my characters get parents who love them. I don't guarantee how long you'll have them. But... <laughs> but all of my characters have incredibly loving parents I have to wonder if that came from reading this series. That's highly probable. You kind of know this about me, but like our listeners don't know a whole lot about this. Genuinely, any tabletop character that I make has a great relationship with one, if not both, of their parents. I don't do dead orphaned children except for Dundar. Dundar does not count. <laughs> Dundar was presented to me in a way and I went, <laughs> I know what I'm doing with you. Um, As a general rule. <laughs> but like, like for the most part, one character has a phenomenal relationship with her dad and her uncle. Mom's gone, doesn't know where she is. But that's okay. She doesn't really care. The one I'm currently working on has a great relationship with his entire village. They they have that very strong belief of it takes a village to raise a child. Yeah. So everybody raises all of the kids. Has nice. a great relationship with all of them. Previous characters, Tim. Tim has phenomenal relationship with his parents her parents their parents <laughs> what is tim <laughs> you created tim so i guess it's kind of up to you but like even even the taking tree we we have to assume coming from a grove yeah 
there there is a symbiotic like biotic relationship with all of the trees like we we know that right. from actual real nature right right is a, a symbiotic relationship between all trees and so i imagine had a great relationship with the trees around it that's that's why kalara and the taking tree are such good friends yeah see look <laughs> we will not, be friends now <laughs> not a tragic backstory kind of but that that's what makes a spite revenant is death <laughs> right so like unintentional tragic backstory the the tiefling kind of has one but it doesn't come into play while playing her like she's like eh, whatever it happened let's go yeah and then her bestie is just like let's go all the time <laughs> like there I is no this, <laughs> i find this really interesting because my characters often have tragic backstories i mean look at <laughs> my novel has five protagonists three of whom are orphans one of whom is orphaned in chapter one of the book in a very violent horrific manner yeah (laughs) but i have also recently discovered that i really like writing about grief so apparently this is just what i do yeah are there any characters that you don't like honestly not a fan of nori i understand and i'm not like gonna be like a dick about it but definitely not a character i much care for the other one i do really like because we kind of got mm-hmm. one a little bit is yeah for sure uh the the head lady oh okay yeah loved her she was interesting i think nuri kind of reminds me a little bit of nani from lilo and stitch yeah i can definitely see it also we were talking about dead kids or dead parents <laughs> not dead kids not dead kids not dead parents only um, dead parents no dead children we have uh we have a we quote line. in one of our our D servers uh-uh. and i think between the five of us we have three dads three three or or two or three moms two grandpas a grandma an uncle and a bitch grandmother (laughs) (laughs) yeah so that's what you get these people i'd I'd get on with these people um you'd like mihail i don't know how much you would like the rest of it (laughs) okay good to know that that said i i do love my my dnt group you would get along with the people the characters could oh no that's that's what i was thinking was i'd get on with these people if they apparently created characters that you know (laughs) you can you can cut this out last night we played and let me tell you mihail bitch smacked motherfucker (laughs) <laughs> and then bit him <laughs> and they got really pissed off when she couldn't go back and stabilize him so he wouldn't die so what I'm getting from this character is Sandry oh my god 
mostly when you said bite, like from now on, when people bite people, I just think of Sandra. <laughs> no, but you're not wrong. <laughs> See, this is this is the like, new world down that I live to in. The uncle that she's like, <laughs> how could you do this to me? <laughs> <laughs> Means I have to make the rest of the kids. God damn. I was going to say, this is your character, right? Um, Well, see, this is the world that I now live in. Since we have been, since I have spent the last three years, like, living in the circle of magic, archetypes, what are archetypes? There are four archetypes. Their names are Sandra, Trist, Fryer, and Dasha. (laughs) I mean, to be fair, there's a few more archetypes than that. There's also Rose, Thorn, and Lark. Which is like an archetype in and of it. Like they're not separate. It's Rose Thorn and Lark is an archetype. It's funny because like I, I'm around you guys and it's always the obligatory Animorphs reference. And yeah. then I go to synagogue and it's always the obligatory Northern Exposure reference. So like people know that I live in these fandoms and that I'm always talking about them. But the fandom that I'm like living in the most is actually this one. <laughs> but I think the characters who always stood out in my mind the most are I can't remember his name but the like boy who meets them at the beginning yes yes him I was like I know I'll know his name if I hear it but I can't remember his name like I don't have specific things about them that I like oh this is why I like this character I don't like this character or whatever it's just like the three characters that stand out the most in my head are Mm. him and then Flame and Carnelian which yeah for them it's probably because they're like these weird volcano spirits yeah we also get to spend a lot of time with them yeah and they're half of the the, the driving force of right. this story so yeah no i i 100 agree like they're really well written characters they're a lot of fun So, speaking of PTSD, not at all speaking of PTSD, but I feel like this is something we should talk about. Because we get we get this with Briar in The Will of the Empress, but then we have it kind of repeated with Evie. And, and we kind of learn more about the war and everything that she's been through. I think it was mentioned when we did the excerpt, but I can't remember. Finding out that this takes place at the same time. Mm-hmm makes it more interesting to me because we see how Evie and Rose Thorn kind of deal with all of that and we get to see Briar dealing with it on his own because Rose Thorn and Evie went through it together. Right. I mean, even so far as to have Luvo. Briar just needed to take Luvo with him. Yeah, right but so it 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 kind of definitely shows the difference between how someone spirals without a a network yeah and how i won't say easier but like how much understanding comes from having yeah. a, a group of people who get it you said i won't say easier and i was gonna hazard to say maybe healthier in some cases i would definitely say so yeah um, i mean way. i don't yeah i was gonna say i don't feel like that would be safe to like use as a blanket term but yeah we also get to see what trauma bonding does 
like because we don't get to see what how how briar fits into the whole thing right when we just read will of the empress and like the four kids have gone through enough trauma bonding to -hmm. last anybody a lifetime right before we even got to like we see how protective evie is of rose thorn some of the conversations that take place are just ow (laughs) seeing a different form of of trauma bonding is an interesting choice i feel yeah Um, because not a lot of people address that really Mm -hmm. and like that's that's a thing that happens quite often yeah is you have people who go through incredibly traumatic events with someone and they shouldn't mess mesh on good days because to make the obligatory anamorphs reference (laughs) (laughs) this is how i feel about marco and tobias specifically minds that your likes to harp on uh how marco and tobias are definitely not friends and i'm like i don't know how closely you're reading these books because there's a lot where they just banter yeah Um, but if they were not in a war together, that probably wouldn't have happened. No, highly doubt it. On that note of trauma bonding, I think that this is one of the reasons that Evie is such a favorite among the students. When we asked, like, who's your favorite of the students, a lot of people said Evie. And I think that this is part of it, is that, like you said, we've seen the four kids get close. And then we also see Briar and Evie and Rosethorn get close in this same way. Yeah. I would honestly hazard to say we see the same kind of thing happening with Triss and Keth in Shatter Class. I think on a smaller scale, but it's there. Um, I was I was gonna make a comment of we don't really see it in you know street magic. I mean we we get introduced we learn a little bit about her. We kind of get an introduction to her, but we don't really get to know. That being said, I think another one of the reasons why she might be a favorite is she's all four of those kids. She is all four of them rolled into one. I can see that for sure, yeah. Briar Street Smarts. Trisha's love of learning. Yeah. She doesn't have Dodge's patience, but she has Dodge's, like, tenacity, I think is a good way to put Mm -hmm. it. It's not quite like Sandry's stubbornness, though she does at one point say, if I do get brought back, I'd like to come back as a mule, which is what made <laughs> me start, like connecting the dots. Okay, yeah. But it's more of a, a Daja style stubbornness than a Sandry. And Sandry's love for animals and mm-hmm. after this, love for people. Yeah. Once you get towards like after everything goes down she kind of gets this realization that she does love people only certain but she does love people on that note i feel like i have to ask how much you relate to evie because i feel like there's a there's like an an indiness to that i want to phrase this as there's a lot of this that like a lot of her that reminds me of when i was younger Mm -hmm. um maybe not so much now but like if i had read this book at 15 
like I would be angry that someone compared me to Evie but like in the same way that like at 22 being compared to Yang from Ruby just made me angry there's a truth to it you're not wrong but shut the (laughs) fuck up (laughs) if I was younger and I read this book I would feel a lot of draw to it I I didn't think about until you framed it that way but that arc that Evie goes through of like kind of learning to care about people I was like this this sounds like something Indy has said about themselves so um yeah like when I was young I liked people and then about five there's reasons why but like my biological mother said it was overnight I became the angriest child she had ever met and I stayed that way and like at that point I was like fuck people they just disappoint you (laughs) I mean that's pretty much Evie's attitude yeah and so like like I said if I was younger yeah I I would definitely see that kind of I I would feel the I would feel that bond but like as I am now I'm not who I was at 15 so there's there's the recognition <clears throat> of that was like me but yeah. now well growth. <laughs> growth yeah but the other thing I was going to say is well she was 14 so maybe this is kind of how you were when you were say 14 yeah that that's like like I said I can I can recognize the similarities between her and my younger self I I feel like I'm slowly becoming more like Rose Thorne yeah see I I just had this thought of well if you were like Evie when you were 14 does this mean that when Evie is in her 30s that I'm I'm talking to an approximation of 30 year old evie (laughs) maybe is she gonna be like you in her 30s well okay so big thing i just i want to talk about this because i think it's neat the whole conversation between evie and rose thorn i promise this is related to what we were talking about um it doesn't have to be it's fine the original conversation of there are two types of people creators i mean that was the next thing i was gonna get to anyway so hey evie being like no i'm i i want to be a creator that's what i want to do i want to help people and then rose thorn just like fucking cutting her deep by saying you know that i didn't say that the first step to being a destroyer was wasn't going to hurt and then evie ultimately being like going to dedicate like dedicate herself to the temple there there's a conversation somewhere in the mix of that where and we get snippets of this throughout the other books mm-hmm. in relation to rose thorn she's not a people person right and caring for people doesn't come easy right but she does it because that's what was right right from personal experience that's kind of how it went down for me it's hard to give a shit about people i don't like people 
having to teach teach yourself to give a shit about someone we kind of see that that branch into Evie taking a page out of Rose Thorne's book to start making those steps so I don't necessarily think that you're wrong in the sense that I think Evie is going to be a lot more like Rose Thorne than she will be like Lark yeah and that all has to do with who you're raised by mm-hmm. and we see her and we we know that Rose Thorn and Evie have I won't say a stronger relationship because we don't see her with Lark so we don't quite know right. how that goes I would but, hazard to say they have a stronger relationship they've certainly known each other for a longer yeah. period of time yeah. see that's that's what I was going to say <laughs> and they like, went through a war together so they've trauma bonded exactly and that does a lot for a relationship just from any standpoint i feel like rose thorn is a heavier influence than mm-hmm. Lark. Mm-hmm. like I, I i have my beliefs about evie's relationship between rose thorn and lark but we don't see it so i, I don't know right. for certain but rose thorn is a heavier influence and i feel like that is obvious i like the idea that evie eventually takes over discipline cottage i can see it and raises the next generation of traumatized children i can see it like 100 (laughs) percent If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at Burrow.com ACAST. That's 15% off at borough.com slash ACAST. It has been a while since I read this book, so I don't really remember the ins and outs of this ending. But I know that somewhere on the internets, I ran across some comments about how Evie's powers seem to go off the deep end in this book. Yeah. 
And I was going to ask how you feel about that. Um, <laughs> I don't really remember. Let me see if I can phrase this in a way that doesn't sound completely nutto. We get used to the four kids having strong magics and they're capable of doing amazing things. Yeah. Nobody is used to Triss. Right. And I feel that Evie kind of, while is stuck within one specific type of element, has that fantastical quality of Triss's magic. With the ending is that, you know, Luvo gives her so much of his magic. But I feel like we as readers got used to that 10 year old in the first quartet who is capable of doing things it's like dropping any of those four as as the full-fledged mages where they are at 18 into a 14 year old body Mm. like that's that's what it makes me think of and so like there's definitely a lot there and I don't know how much of it is actually influenced by okay so like if you heat metal and then cool it down it becomes harder right like it becomes stronger right okay so it takes a lot of force and pressure to make these rocks Mm -hmm. and that's a lot of heat and a lot of cooling and more heat and more cooling and so like stones are meant to be sturdy like like that that's just what they are and i feel like half the reason why evie's powers get so insane is not only because of luvo but because of her proximity to all of the uh creatures under the under the mountain the place itself like we see that there are essentially ley lines uh, where all of this power is like dredged up and it's all marked by stone she pulls her magic from that stone so like i feel that there is a logical reason for it to get so big mm-hmm. but at the same time it's like tris if tris only dealt with one specific element right also that reveal like you're gonna have to remind me <laughs> sorry uh <laughs> mother being the pirate queen what nori's mother it says that nori's mother was the pirate queen oh, nori's mother i missed yeah. his mother oh sorry yeah yeah that reveal sorry though that was no that's that's legit i i don't remember that part but that's okay it's not really a spoiler because I've read it already. I've just forgotten. <laughs> yeah. No, she, it, it's kind of just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Essentially, my mother was a pirate queen who was murdered or something. I don't remember exactly what it was. I have it highlighted. But you're like, but, wait a minute. And I like pirate queen. And I went, oh, I get that reference. <laughs> Dear Tris, don't go to the Battle Islands. <laughs> You talked about Evie being sturdy. And I think maybe that's like what, because you you said, you know, Evie's kind of the four kids rolled into one. I would argue that she has Daja's sturdiness. Yeah. 
And then in regards, like, since we're talking about, like, magic and strong magic, uh, one of the things that I remember from this book is we're so used to winding circle, the magic in winding circle. And then Evie gives us this glimpse of, yeah, like, for the average Joe, magic is this, like, very time-consuming, labor-intensive process. And it wasn't until I met Rose Thorne and Briar that it happened at the pace of, here you go. Yeah. It made a, what's his face? Yarin? Stone Slicer? No. It, it made, like, just the regular mages seem more human. Right. We have dealt with for 10 books now essentially superhumans yeah yeah we don't see a lot of just people being people really especially like mages just being mages right without all of the ambient magic like looking back on it i feel like we do see these characters but they're not put into that perspective right yeah Uh, yarin in daja's book yeah is probably less of a superhuman which is why he's constantly trying to like show how he's better than Miko probably Jubahuba is that way which is why he doesn't like because he talks about how he's intimidated by Evie he's probably more of just an average Joe sort of mage yeah I I love the uh summary of everything including Jubahuba (laughs) <laughs> Jubahuba is like one of the best nicknames yeah uh, and then um honestly I think Dama in Shatterglass probably fits into that yeah because we don't see him doing a lot of magic and some of the magic we do see him doing literally blows up in his face yeah talk about evie almost breaking a man's whole face yeah that's absolutely what we're here for (laughs) you just have to remind me because i don't remember this book quite as well as will the empress oh well it's like in it's in the first chapter when they're oh when murtide tries to get her off of the railing and And she is ready to throw hands yeah fucking hits a motherfucker she broke my nose. No, it's not broken. Shut the what? fuck. I was gonna say what I like about that scene is Rose Thorn's reaction. Yeah, because she I actually told you don't touch her. Right, right. She she doesn't chastise Evie about it. I mean, she does in private, but yeah. I, but even then, I feel like she's like, "Hey, I, that that reminds me, like." The way Rose Thorne handles that situation reminds me of the way Gorse handles the Briar situation back yeah. in Chris's book, where he like chews out the guy and then tells Briar, hey, chill out. Don't go breaking people's thumbs. I need them. I need them. <laughs> and so just like, Evie, you're going to have to figure out how to work with people. But I love that she just chews Murtide out and she's like, 
I told I you. I told you, don't touch her. And what did you do? You touched her. You deserve this. This is your fault. Come on, let me fix it. That is that is the whole rose thorn conversation. You did this to yourself. You're a fucking idiot. Let's go get you patched up. I feel like we should talk about Murtide then. He's the other character I remember really well. Doesn't yeah. she have a name for him? Uh, Fusspot. Fusspot. <laughs> I was like, I know it's not like based on on the the name of his on the sound of his name the way Chupahuba is. Just remember yeah. that she has a name for him. Yeah, Dedicate Fusspot. Dedicate Fusspot. <laughs> Which is like when I read it the first couple of times, I was like, that's an interesting name to choose. I mean, I'm not judging, but that's a weird name to choose. And then it was like, oh, that's not his actual name. <laughs> oh, this makes so much more sense. <laughs> I'm trying to shed my <laughs> For some reason, the, the concept of someone selecting. <laughs> specifically selecting fuss pot. And I'm like, I'm not judging you, man, but. Where, uh, where all the other <laughs> taken like how how and why uh <laughs> apparently i have needed this conversation because i feel like that was way funnier than it should have been <laughs> yeah like like i said when i first saw that i was like bruh are you okay that's a choice you chose this no forced you to have this name like it's like um in robin hood men in tights the witch's name is latrine yeah uh, there's a conversation i think between her and the sheriff where he's like interesting name latrine how did you come by it and she says oh we changed it in such and such a year wait you changed it to latrine and she says, yeah, used to be shit house. It's a yeah. good change. It is a good change. So, you know, maybe Dedicate Fusspot just had a really terrible name any, to begin with. Like, I mean, they do say that the, the mage name you choose is a reflection upon yourself. So, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I feel like he uh, has a nice little arc in the story. Yeah that's all of the things that i wrote down that i specifically thought of to talk about yeah Uh, do you have other specific things that you just Um, have dying to get off your chest i was gonna say there's a couple of things that like i really liked it's really tight clean writing as usual which is why I was kind of upset with myself for taking so long to get into it. You know what I mean? It, it's definitely one of those of this is just a great show of Pierce's writing and that vers- versatility that she has. Yeah. Because it does take a lot to switch from third person to first and first to third person. Like it takes a lot of. Yeah effort to actively do that so like it just shows a real good chunk of versatility there the story is very reminiscent to that of the four first four whereas 
you go to a place that's having issues specifically uh briar and dasha's book where there are issues that are already there Mm -hmm. and it's just getting worse as things go by which you said earlier is really nice palette cleanser and i like i wholeheartedly agree it's very nice to kind of see that not necessarily back to the roots but definitely something root adjacent yeah um not calling evie a mushroom by any stretch of the information like uh imagination but you know that fungal network between root systems that's what i feel this is it's connecting the two i can see that going back to more tree analogies <laughs> evie would be mildly annoyed by it, by this this is, this is what i do i like the first person lim- first person limited a lot mm-hmm. um like as far as storytelling goes i think that that is honestly the best way to handle first person there there are some first persons that like are essentially first person omniscient no thank you i don't want those take them away jail jail for a thousand years Uh, (laughs) that ending though where like she goes back and like diverts the volcano and then finds her way back to the three because that was her whole purpose in leaving the boat mm-hmm. was to go mm-hmm. back nori making a comment and evie's pretty much just like eh, because she's like i know rose thorn she doesn't rose thorn's mm-hmm. coming back i really like that we see the moment it happens in the first book where rose thorn and briar click yeah like where briar's like this is home i'm safe here i don't have to worry rose thorn is mom yeah it's here that we see evie have that same realization and i really like that that's a nice callback and a nice touch also the fucky cats made me cry Mm -hmm. that was what took me so long Mm -hmm. to get was because i had to cry Mm -hmm. like having just lost sebastian and i jeez i didn't even think of that I was literally talking about it earlier today that I wanted to kind of start volunteering at one of the animal shelters, like specifically socializing cats. And then I read that and I I mean, I just, oh, I'm sorry. That's what, that's what took me so long. So when I was like, I'll be on in a few, I was like, it's fine. I'm going to pull myself together. And then nope. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I wish I had thought of that because like I knew that was coming and it didn't put two and two together like oh wait this is going to be especially difficult yeah at this moment um, um I keep saying I don't want another cat I'm not bringing I'm, I'm not bringing another animal in this house right now it's not that I never want another cat it's I don't want another cat right now right I mean Evie is literally going through that same thing yeah and so like that's that's why it hit the way it hit was because i'm dealing with that part myself so yeah yeah i again in our conversation with tortala knights i'm pretty sure everybody missed this because it was sort of between it was kind of like a really fast thing between like me and joan or me and rebecca but i was talking about how 
I almost called him Daja. What's his name? Goodwin. <laughs> so I was like, about how Daja's favorite characters are, about how Goodwin's favorite characters in each quartet seem to be the the non-human characters like his favorite characters in the first four books he was like my favorite character is briar's little tree in the next four he's like i love the sassy glass dragon and i was like luvo goodwin's favorite character in these last three books is going to be luvo one of them is like yeah or the cats and then pauses and goes oh no not the cats it's like yeah not the cats i remember that being said And I like I I didn't quite get it. I know that reading the will of the because I think I was mentally prepared to find out that all the cats were dead Mm -hmm. because there were no mentions of cats Mm -hmm. when she shows up at discipline. Right, and I was like, oh, but like you don't you don't get time to dwell on that or like really focus on that you don't get any time to really focus on what the fuck is a luvo you know like you know what i like and and the what the fuck is a luvo kind of distracts from the fact that there are no cats otherwise you would definitely notice because there's a dog in that house yeah there was a big ass like great pyrenees fluffer dog yeah yeah i noticed that and i was like like because i noticed that in will of the empress and so it wasn't so much a surprise when it's mentioned that Mm -hmm. you know all of them were lost because it wasn't necessarily a surprise it didn't really how do i phrase this without sounding heartless it was easier to forget that those were a thing Mm -hmm. unless that they were actively brought up and they're brought up like twice yeah but so like it was kind of that easier you know out of sight out of mind which makes it less hard for what Evie is going through like if you don't think about the cats you don't think of how traumatic everything has been for Evie right all she had were those cats Mm -hmm. and she lost every single one of them if you don't think about it you you know that she's traumatized. You know she's been through a war. You know that a lot has happened. But then when you add in the cats. She lost her family. Yeah. And so like that that's one of the reasons why like in Will of the Empress when I read that I was already prepared. But the ending where, you know, the cat just, you know, had kittens. Nori said I could keep one. Do you want one? And Evie being like, well, I think it might be about time to... That broke my heart. I watched a video a few days ago. I don't know why I do this. I really don't. But it was a video that was essentially like, humans, when they die, they leave a will. When I die, like, or if I, if I could leave a will, when I die, I would give my favorite bed to the next dog that comes in. I would give them my favorite toy. <clears throat> always have something to do. I would give them my human's lap and all of their love. When you say that you will never get another dog, it breaks my heart because you have so much love to give. And this so- is where Indy makes Molly cry. Yeah. 
And so like reading that specifically, having also watched that video and having lost literally the reason I wake up every morning mm-hmm. <laughs> just hit really hard. I'm starting to tear up now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Though earlier there was just gross sobbing. But it was bad. I know it happened to you most recently, but I realize all of us have lost cats like in the last year or two. Yeah. And so this is going to be hard. Like when we get to that part, it's going to be really hard on everyone. I wonder how long it's going to take everybody else to notice. Because again, I noticed in Will of the Empress. Right. But I wonder how long it's going to take for Goodwin and Brittany to put two and two together. I think Brittany's going to figure it out pretty quickly. Oh, yeah. I think first or second chapter, she's going to go, where are the cats? I don't remember when it's mentioned, but it does mention that the cats died. Yeah. So I'm curious to see how long it takes Goodwin to figure out it's a volcano. Yeah, right. I feel like that's going to be a little early too, though. Yeah. There's a lot of hinting towards it. It doesn't come right out and say it until like halfway through, but... They also mentioned volcano in predictions. Yeah. I think he's going to figure it out pretty quickly, but I would love for him not to figure it out. And then when it comes out, he's like, volcano, I get my volcano. But I don't think that's how it's going to play out. I think he's going to be like, there's a volcano. It's going to, it's a volcano. It's a volcano. And then then it's going to happen. But yeah. And then I'm going to sing Moana. Make way, make way. How did you feel about chapter titles? I didn't much pay attention to them, to be honest with you. I mean, fair. I I usually don't. I I think I'm the same way. I honestly don't remember if Battle Magic has chapter titles. So we'll find out when we get there. You know who I want to see? Like I said, you know, this is this is like the Evie, the Return to the Roots Evie book. Mm-hmm. And I want that for Kamas. You know who else I want to Return to the Roots book for? Mm. <laughs> Carol. That would be so much fun. <laughs> I want the Circle of Magic Carol book. Yes, absolutely. And, and I feel like because it doesn't specify whether or not Carol has magic. If he does... I think he's, again, one of those, like, everyday mage people. Yeah. Which I think is perfectly fine for him, but it would also explain why he's like, the fuck is up with this 10-year-old? Yeah. That's right, Brittany. I've still never forgiven you. I never really paid him all that much mind. I thought that him and Daja and Frostpine made this cute little forge family. Yeah. But aside from that, I never paid him all that much mind until Brittany just like absolutely hated him. And I'm like, right? I'm here. You will be my friends. I will care. I will care for you. Anything else? Nothing I can really think of. Like I think we covered the the big highlights. And if not, well, it's not like we don't go through this book every week. So right. Right. Well, there it is. You've had you've had Indy's Indy's take Indy's first reactions. Yeah, and I, uh, I kind of feel bad that I didn't send you 
the messages and gifts that I sent last time. Yeah. But like the way I was reading it, when I read Will of the Empress, I literally was doing nothing else. Right. And so like it made sense where <laughs> five minutes you got something. Yeah. But I also like Will of the Empress was the book that had one or two things that I was very specifically looking forward to you seeing and getting yeah. your reaction. And I wanted to to know your immediate reaction. This book, there wasn't anything in particular that I was like, oh, I can't wait to hear Indy's reaction on yeah. heavy punching delicate fuss spot in the face. Um, he deserved it. He's an idiot. Rose Thorne fucking told him. Evie fucking told him he should know better. But no, we are going to be idiots. We are going to have this conversation when we get to chapter one as a whole. But there's a lot to be said there about the way we treat children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, like that whole uh, like we'll save the majority of this for for later. But no, that whole comment of I went through a war. You respect me. She went through the same fucking thing. And yeah. you think it's okay to start snatching her up. No, 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 Batman. That's not going to happen. That's not going to fly. I'm surprised Rose Thorne didn't fucking hit him too. Well, she's got a little more um, self-control than Evie. Mm, that's fair. That's, that's the difference between 14-year-old Evie and 30-year-old Evie. Or in this case, 40, 50-year-old Evie. Rose Thorne's like... 45? Mid-40s? Somewhere in there. Because at some point we get a either I don't remember if we get an exact age or like a rough age, but in in we know she's like in her thirties. In this in one, Dodge's book. Yeah, in this um, one, um, it says uh, he wasn't old, younger than Rose Thorne in her mid forties, I think, or in her forties, I think is what it said. Well, that would make sense. Like if she's in her thirties in Dodge's book, and it's been eight years. And we, right now, are looking forward to getting to read this with Brittany and Goodwin and getting to see all their reactions. And you, audience, will be looking forward to our foray into Battle Magic. Yay. Which will be the final book of this series. Reading Circle Temple is produced by us. Molly, Brittany, Indy, and Goodwin. If you like the show, tell your friends about us. If you don't like the show, tell your enemies. You can also help people find us by leaving a rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Find all our episodes at our new home on ACAST, shows.acast.com slash Reading Circle Temple. Shake it us. We'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at templeofreadingcircle at gmail.com. You can also follow Reading Circle Temple on Instagram, Tumblr, and Facebook. And you can join our Reading Circle Temple Facebook group. To find us on Twitter, tweet at Reading Temple. A special thanks to Yellow is for Happy for our artwork. You can find more of their art by following Yellow is for Happy Draws on Tumblr and Shannon and Draws on Instagram. Another special thanks to Brittany's brother, Thomas Dick, for our theme music. You can find more of his music by following Thomas Dick on SoundCloud. Thanks to Tamara Pierce for writing The Circle of Magic, and thanks to you for listening. Let's all have coffee next week. I'm just going to cut that. So, like, I have, how do, how do you feel about relating to Evie? And it's just going to say, there's a truth to it. You're not wrong, but shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fine. 
Where's that dust coming from? Still finding debris after vacuuming? Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum has 8,000 PA of powerful suction to remove debris deep in carpets. And it's totally hands-free. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com. That's E-U-F-Y.com and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit Juvederm.com.